Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Child Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle, author of the best-selling book, The Child Whisperer. I am here to support you in helping your good parenting to become great parenting. Call me today if you have any live questions. Um, I am taking live calls today. The number to call is, let me grab that for you, three, four, six, hang on. I've got to get back on my studio page here. 347-677-1963. Just a heads up, I'm going to be going um, into my summer hiatus from broadcasting live uh, at the end of the month. We'll have three more today and then two more live shows. Then we'll go into supporting you and being able to spend some time this summer listening to the recorded podcast. So if you have a question and you want to interact with me at a live show, you have uh, today and then two more weeks in which to do that. And I look forward to uh, being able to support you in any way that I can. Today's topic is um, tidying up the child whisperer way. I'm going to help you with some, uh, one of our most listened to podcasts is called, Is Your Child's clean room messing up their life. I think we have over 12,000 listens to that podcast. So we decided to revisit this topic, tidying the child whisper way. Some of you have sent in questions about supporting your children, true to their nature in learning the skills of uh, managing and being responsible for their space, this environments they live in. But before we get into today's topic, I want to announce our two weeks ago, we announced a contest in which we wanted to give away the new Dressing Your Truth experience to one winner. And I'm happy to announce that Julie Malloy is our winner. And she wrote in and said, I would welcome the chance to learn how to dress my truth. If I receive the free course, I see this as a chance to break free from my old jeans with a black shirt, stay at home mom wardrobe and start living true to who I really am. Thank you for sharing your learning and tools so freely with the world. So jo Julie, um, our support will be contacting you to follow up with gifting you your free DYT, Dressing Your Truth Experience. And if you've not uh, yet invested in the Dressing Your Truth Experience, please go to dressingyourtruth.com. It's such a valuable resource for moms of any phase of their motherhood experience. Knowing your truth, living it and dressing it is one of the greatest things you can empower yourself with that will enable you to be a great mother. Two weeks ago, I did a podcast specifically on this topic, why dressing your truth makes you a better mom. Welcome, I invite you to listen to that and understand 
that how what you're putting on your your already challenged by body and appearance um, issues. Every woman is, it's become a cultural standard that I wanna help birth women out of so that you're free of that old shame, empowered to live your truth and not let that energy uh, sidetrack you from your parenting goals. So check that podcast out that we did two weeks ago. My first question for today's topic, tidying the child whisper way comes from a type three mom who writes, how do I find balance between my son's type one random light energy and my type three push forward energy? If it were up to me, I would clean my whole house, including my kids' rooms every morning and have it done quickly. But I believe there is a lot of value in teaching children to be responsible for their part of household chores. I recognize my type one nine-year-old son needs fun to be woven through the work, but it's very hard for me to handle the way he gets distracted when he has a task to accomplish. When I've left him to complete chores on his own, inviting him to come up with an idea about how to make it fun for him, it literally takes all day because he plays with everything as he's cleaning. Some things do get cleaned cleaned up this way, but the chores never get finished. I know that his energy will serve him well throughout adulthood, but he's starting to express frustration about getting distracted as well. How can I help him learn to accomplish something to to the end while still honoring him. Okay, so, you know, one thing I wanna um, start with here that I think is really, really important for you to understand as a type three mom is, you derive great satisfaction from the experience of cleaning things up quickly and getting them done. You are renewed by that. You are fulfilled. You have a sense of, balance when that happens for you. That is something, getting your hands on something, putting it into order, getting it checked off your list is a nurturing capacity to your being. You nurture your nature with this activity. Now your type one child is not nurtured by this activity. So you understand to bring the element of fun into the experience is more nurturing to him. But consider the possibility that you're still seeing and kind of um, motivated by what you want to have him accomplish based on the benefit it gives you. So you actually receive a benefit when your family members engage in these activities as you would. Get in, get it done. You receive a kickback from that. You're really satisfied. So you're energetically deriving something from their approach in a certain way. The more they can get done, the more quickly, let's get it done, let's move on to other things. You would like them to move through these tasks, these chores in that approach because you personally receive a value from that. Well, that's where there's the catch. You're needing to dis unhook yourself from the value of them doing this. You can give yourself that benefit. This was sort of a, a long, this was a lesson that took me a while to learn that I was applying to my family members the same kind of expectation I expected from myself and connecting a, this sort of, uh, re, this value that I would receive, this sense of fulfillment and then when it didn't happen, I had a lack of fulfillment. 
So when I got to the point where I realized, you know, they don't get off on this like I do. If I want to sweep the floor, clean the counters, and I get a personal benefit from that, I need to I need to disconnect that from my family. I need to give that to myself, but not need their activity, their function and how they do it be somehow feeding to me. That's when I learned to close the bedroom doors, uh, lowered the standard of what they needed to accomplish by when, the kind of chores that they were given to do and the time frames in which they were given that they could succeed in them so that we could help set them up for success to learn to be responsible. They're all adult children now that own their own homes, starting their families. And I'd say we did a great job because they all manage their space very with, um, they, they really value it. They value their personal space. You know, you'll see my type for son has the most immaculate, well-groomed lawn in the neighborhood. He's just meticulous about his lawn. Uh, much, the others have really nice lawns and they're well kept, but they're not meticulous. So I'd say they're well kept where my type four sons is meticulous because he learned how to manage space true to himself. So in the case of your type one son, I think he's being expected still to too, do too much. So what can you remove so that he can accomplish what he's doing, feeling successful? At what point does he go into frustration? That's the line. When he starts to express frustration, there's just too much expected of him. You can get more done than him. You always will. You will always have a motivator, a motivation to want more to get done. That will always be higher in your world. It, What's wanted? What do you really want here? Just getting things done or him learning to be able to develop skill sets to manage chores, to complete them with a sense of personal satisfaction. How many chores is supportive for that to be the learned, the acquired experience versus what are your preferences for how much you would like to get done because you value it and you get a benefit from it? Don't make your children your cleaning service. They're not a cleaning service. They are, again, what's your priority? Teaching them skills they'll carry into their independent life to be able to then manage space successfully. Because if you do overs with it, and that's why the podcast is your, ch is your child's clean room messing up their life because the emphasis is on the room not the child so is your emphasis on the chores and you're trying to make the chores fun so the chores get done or is your emphasis on your son and what is supportive for him to learn healthy skills to manage responsibilities chores to create a uh, comfortable and clean living space that's appropriate for who he is. So gave you a lot there to think about and consider with that answer. Um, appreciate you sending that question. And again, if you have a, I prefer to take live callers on the front end of the show. So we have plenty of time to support you. So if you have a question, you want to interact with me live, call 347-677-1963. Make sure you press the number one on 
your phone. So I see you on the, I, my producer is out of town today. She'll be gone this podcast and next time. So I'll be managing my own switchboard. Um, make sure you press number one if you want to have a talk with me because I, I see that on my switchboard. And then the next question came in from uh, this mom says, I'm a type three. Interesting that we have all uh, three of my four questions today are from type three moms. Now, that's something to look at. We're the chore, you know, we're the moms that, again, what I was saying is type three moms value getting things done um, for the sake of getting them done. So interesting that we're getting so many questions from type three moms. I think my husband is a type three. Oh, I'm sorry. This one's a type four. No. Okay. Backing up. I'm a type three. My daughters have always had to share a bedroom. And lately there has been a lot of arguments between the two. My type four 13 year old constantly orders my type three nine year old to clean up. We have a two bedroom house and this is our only option for our children. And there's no other space for them to have their own rooms. Please let me know the best way to honor both children in this situation. I have to create a clear division between the rooms so that within one room, there's two spaces that are managed independent of each other. And um, you might even invest in a screen um, or a room divider. You can, you know, they use them to create office um, cubicles. You might even be able to purchase something that's made for more of a commercial uh, office space that's uh, a kind of a temporary wall. So you create a fake wall and or you get a folding screen and you might need two of them but you need to it's the visual impact this on your type four daughter she's seeing and she can't help but see the opportunity to perfect the whole room but she's feeling like the room is you need to create two rooms within the one so your type four daughter can be freed up to have her space be visually appealing to her you know type fours see the see the imbalance see what they the concluded as an imperfection to her that things out and about unfolded clothes is imperfection. This is not, it could be perfected. It could, it's too much movement for her. Um, type fours tend to be all or nothing in their space. And they're either very, very messy or they're very, very clean. And when given the chance to develop skills to keep a very clean space, that is their natural preference to really, uh, when given the right to be their own authority. A type four child may be very, very messy if they're feeling dictated to and there's someone else that's claimed the authority of the space that they need to claim as their own. So the good news is your type four child is claiming her space. You want that. You want her to have a sense of this is my space. Now make it very clear which part of the room is her space. And then what are the the type three will be uh, put off by the dictatorship or sense of being talked to that way and told what to do by a sibling. And she'll just bail on it and not want to do it just to say, I'll show you, I'm going to do what I want because nobody's telling me what to do. And so what needs to happen for your type three daughter to take responsibility for her side of the room, that's her room within the room, and then say, this is up to her. No more commentary by her sister that you need to, um, inform your type four daughter that it's no longer her role. It's actually getting the opposite results that she would want because in that challenge, her sister is countering it, pushing back by saying, I'm not going to even, I'm going to do overs and not doing what you want because I don't want somebody telling me what to do. 
And so as you take back that role of saying mom and mom or dad, or just mom, however you guys handle it in your household, mom's going to be the one to communicate about this with your sister. That's the, 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 your, I know what you want. We want to support you in that. Here's the idea. How do you feel about that? Would you like that? What do you want to offer? Ask her to offer a solution. Say, I have an, a I have an idea for a solution to your type four daughter. Now, within that solution, the one I suggested about putting the division up there, we also want to now ask you not to be uh, telling your sister to clean up the room. I'm going to work with your sister, to, her to be empowered to do that in a way that works for her. And you have your part of the room in which to have the way you want it. So give that a go. Both children are, you got a type four and a type three. Uh, so they're both very independent and need to find their own way with this. And you want to support them and empower them by inviting them to come up with a solution. I would talk to them each privately, then I bring them together and, and almost in a way mediate a conversation between the two of them so that you could use this as a springboard for them to get closer rather than a dividing, uh, a dividing thing in their relationship. So how can you set this up, stage it so it actually helps them understand each other better, to be heard by each other and come up with solutions guided by you so that they feel empowered to uh, feel their needs are being supported and they're able to support each other. So it's gonna be a really pivotal opportunity for you to create a connection between these two kids to have on to start building trust where this issue could be breaking trust down. So I've got a live caller today. Hi, you're live on the show, what's your name? My name is Megan. Hi, Megan. How can I help you? Hi. Um, I was just calling to talk about a success I had. Thank you. Um, I love success stories. Yeah. Um, so I think about a month ago, I had written in a question about my daughter, and she'd get really nervous around dogs, and you talked about... Um, All right. I remember that. You did uh, the thing around the back of the ears and down to the ring finger. I can't remember the yeah. name. It's called... Um, um, it's like a just a release for the fight and flight energy. Yeah. No, I'm blanking on the, but anyway, so, um, so I tried that with her. So I first had her just think of being around a dog and we did it just thinking of it. Mm -hmm. And then just a couple of days we had two opportunities to do it with a dog, like a dog was there. And mm -hmm. uh, she still had a really big reaction, but I just kind of, you know, we're on the trail. I just pulled her aside and we did it. And she mm -hmm. said, I felt a little calmer. Mm -hmm. And then a couple weeks later, like, we were around a dog, and she didn't even scream. Just <gasps> oh, yeah. good for you. That's <laughs> wonderful. I bet she was happy about that, too, because that's a very unpleasant yeah. experience for her. <laughs> I know. It was really, it was kind of surprising, because at first I was like, something's different about this, you know? And I'm like, well, oh, there's a dog. He's not screaming. Yay. Like, it was oh, that's perfect when, when you don't even necessarily, like, it's sort of like, oh, yeah. I remember when that used to be an issue. Yeah. And then Wonderful. even the other week, we went hiking, and there was someone with a dog. Like, a friend came, and I didn't know they were bringing a dog. And it was a really hyper dog. And so at first, she, she did get a little scared, but she didn't scream. She just stood behind me. But then 
we hiked like two miles and she was fine. So she's That's doing wonderful. Really cool. Tell me her oh, age yeah. again. She's five. Yeah, so she's little. Those dogs seem really big. I mean, I get it. I I I have to do this. <laughs> I think I mentioned yeah. in my <laughs> like I get it. I understand. I get nervous around dogs I don't know. So yeah. that's wonderful. Now she's gonna want you to buy a dog. <laughs> oh, she actually did ask. She's asking. Ah! I don't think I want a dog now. <laughs> well, well so thanks for calling yeah. me in. You're welcome. Wonderful. I'm glad that really helped. I appreciate the, the feedback and the follow-up story. It's great to hear from parents that um, have applied the principles and they're seeing very quickly the results from what we're doing here with the Child Whisperer model. And that, in that case, when you listen to that, if you want to go back to the previous show for the Child Whisperer um, podcast that we, that story was featured on, that's an energy technique to help work with our energetic emotional response to a situation for um, the uh, uh, shifting the emotional, the pattern of the emotional response to be one that's calm rather than fight and flight. So it works. It's a simple technique. I teach a lot of these techniques on the Carol blog, which you can find a lot of videos featuring energy healing techniques. And so uh, that is my background. I am a 25 year uh, background in energy healing and energy psychology. So I love it when I can share this information with parents. Thank you very much for being open-minded and giving it a, giving it a go. Now, another question that was emailed and I'm a type two mom, my type four nine-year-old daughter is obsessive about cleaning and organizing. I've let her have her way in her room, but now she's starting to voice opinions about the rest of the house. For my part, I have tried to be organized my whole life, but the piles just seem to follow me. It's been a source of frustration to me that I can't keep the clutter away. My friends laugh and say that they'd love to have a nine-year-old who keeps her room in perfect order. And I appreciate that I never have to tell her to clean her room, but her attitude is causing tension in our home. And recently there's been no peace. Do you think I should ask her to stop being so hard on the rest of us? Or maybe I just need to try harder to stay decluttered. I want to honor her perfect perfecting nature, but the rest of us are tiptoeing around, afraid to leave a dirty dish for more than five minutes. Now, I find this interesting that in a way, you've kind of given your power to your child. Um, was this something that you heard a lot as a child that you were told, to, are you replicating your childhood story with your now casting your nine-year-old daughter as a parent? Did you have a mother or father that used to tell you to clean up a lot and it was never good enough? How is this relevant and replicate, replicating an old story for you? That's what it feels like. It feels like um, you're now the, the child in the story and you've cast your daughter. So she's not wanting to be the, the um, I, no child wants to become the problem child in their family because of some behavior. So how is this similar to your, your own childhood? that you need to now change your belief about yourself. Because as you speak, what the things that you say in your question, you'd say, for my part, I have tried to be organized my whole life, but the piles just seem to follow me. It's been a source of frustration for me that I can't keep the clutter away. So apparently, the fact that you've said my whole life, this suggests to me that in your childhood, you were told that you just weren't clean enough, that you needed, you had a lot of negative feedback, and now you're still living out that story. So you need to first, you need to change your belief. You need to believe you can keep things in order within reason. You will have a certain degree of piles that you will always be managing because that is the kind of a behavior tendency of a type two. 
is keeping things, but you can manage your piles in a way that they're not seen as, um, you need to put them in their proper place so they're not seen as a source of frustration and uh, evidence that you're unorganized. You know, what, how can you manage that tendency to be a pile maker so that it is perceived as it's organized and things are tidy enough and release your daughter from playing that role for you from being the one that's now sending this message back that it's not good enough. And, and you say, do you think I should ask her to stop being so hard on the rest of us? Um, no, I would never say it in that way to a child, stop being so hard on us. Cause now that what's that the message you sent to her is that you're doing something that's mean, you're being hard on us. See, so you must've had a parent that you said that was really hard on you and you're perceiving your child doing the same thing. This is all played out subconsciously within our, our own realities. So no, I would not say it in that way. Yes, do I think it's appropriate for you to have a conversation with her and in a manner that's respectful to her to say, I'd like to talk to you about um, how we're managing your space, how well, what amazing job you do, that you're so clean. And you've also said she's obsessive. Um, well, what, what support can you give her? So there's more balance in that and she, there's no need to be obsessive. And to say, um, let her share how she'd like her family space to be and, and ask through questions, you know, how would you like the, the family, the household, the whole rest of the family space to be? Let her share her opinion. How do you feel about how it's managed now? Let her share her opinion and say, well, how do you feel that's, um, how would you achieve that with so many, with people in the family with, of different types? Does she know about the four types? Does she realize she has some un some individual behavior tendencies true to her type four nature that are different from yours? Does she understand how a person's nature expresses in their environmental space and their behavior tendencies show up very differently in the management of that space? Is your family informed about that? Do they understand this about each other? So the more that she is informed, the less she'll be uh, have an unreasonable um, expectation or opinion and then come up with some solutions and, you know, that and help her appreciate and understand that's not her role. Um, why does she feel it is her role? Why does she feel that she needs to be one to do that? Does she feel you're not doing it enough? Get information, you know, ask for her opinion, get her to answer questions start working this out with her. She's old enough. She's nine years old, but you're playing, you're re you're replicating something from your childhood. You need to change your belief. You need to see yourself as the adult free up your inner child from feeling like you're a failure when it comes to managing your space and not let your child play out the role of um, the surrogate parent. That's replicating the energy of your childhood story. So Clear that up. My book, Remembering Wholeness, is a great asset to you to learn about healing this um, former part of your life so you can be present in the now, in the energy of the now. That will help you a lot doing all that. All of these uh, answers, too, are designed to help create trust, closer connections. Make sure you listen when you ask your children questions to get their feedback. Listen feedback to them what they're telling you. So what you mean is, that's a great way. The next, Your child shares something with you. Your next 
phrase could be, so what you mean is. So do that two or three times before you then offer your feedback. So what you mean is. Use that as a um, your sentence to comment on what they're saying. So they feel heard and understood. That will build trust very deeply to last into their teen and adult years. And if you have a, if you are a live caller with a question, make sure you hit the number one on your phone so I can see that you're in this queue, the queue for coming on the show live. So the child whisper way looks at more the child's nature and the different approaches true to their, as I've said throughout the podcast. The emphasis should be on developing skill sets that the child can take in their adult life that manages their space in a in a way that they can create um, healthy, clean spaces that are organized. True, you know, again, it's going to be skewed more to their type. And so let's go through the four types and some insights for helping teach children how to tidy, how to manage space. Emphasis again on teaching them skill sets rather than the chore itself or the task at hand being the emphasis. And notice your type and how it's playing into how, what you want, which will be, very, will be a variable from your child. So a type one child will always prefer a higher movement in their space. They will have more things out and around. And this can seem like clutter to other types. And so what you can do is minimize how much they can have out and around. How much do they own? Can you box some things up? They like variety. What toys are out for the, for, you know, for you could have four boxes, three, you know, different toy sets or different. And they can pull things out. They have a certain number they can keep out. The rest goes on the shelf for now. You know, how often do they do that? Oh, uh, once a month, maybe that they get to rotate their what they have out and about. What can you get rid of? You know, the more they have, the more they're going to have it out. So minimize what they own so that they can balance it, manage it in a way that they can clean up easily and um, still have things out. Do they Are they required to fold their clothes? Maybe they, one of the stories in the Child Whisper book was a mom who was a type four mom who wanted her child to fold and have her clothes in different shirts in one drawer, you know, grouped by article of item the, or the use of it, whether it's shirts, pants, shorts, organized by the type of article of clothing it was. She then made it, the child wasn't motivated to clean their room up. That was too many steps, not fun. So she got bins and she just had to um, have the clothes laying in the bin it, in, or even thrown in the bin. Children type when children look actually pretty cute in clothes that are kind of wrinkly because that's their movement is to have it more random and asymmetrical. So it just had to be off the floor, off the bed, put in the bin under the bed, easy, fast. You know, how many steps are you requiring for your type one children? How, what steps could you remove that get the same? The goal again was get it put away. So that change was like dramatic and her child could do that very quickly. Then type two children are going to have more tendency to want to keep things, be connected to it, not want to get rid of it. They have a tendency for piles. So teach them how to manage their piles, organize their piles in a way that they don't take over. 
So work with that behavioral tendency. Don't try and remove it. And then with their tendency to want to keep things, scrapbooking is a great way to take pictures of things and put it in a scrapbook so that they have a memory without having to keep the item. Take three children, play off their challenge, the challenge of getting something done quickly. But again, if it's too many steps that make it tedious, they'll disengage and they'll feel like this is just what makes what's a practical approach. And type threes tend to want to compartmentalize things anyway. If they have a place where they know things go, they'll put it there. They'll put it away. So make sure it's um, you've set things up, whether it's their storage units, the way their closet can be managed, the drawers, what allows them to move swiftly, and putting things in compartments. They tend to be just practically organized. And we type threes tend to be okay with getting rid of things when it's not useful. So a, a rotate, you know, go every six to eight months going through the, you, you acquire a lot of stuff and you got to go through it. You've got to go through and like move things out of your household. Then type fours will tend toward perfecting their space when given the authority to do that. I, I said earlier that they're all or nothing typically. So if they're in the, I don't care, and their room's a complete mess, most likely they haven't felt ownership of it. They haven't felt their, that it's their space. It's your space, whether the choices were made for the decor, the bedding, they don't feel they have a space of their own, they won't take ownership. As, given, as they're given ownership, they will be responsible for the things they own that they care about. So empower them to feel ownership, to feel the authority, and to be able to make choices that really claim it to be theirs. And you'll see these behavior tendencies develop for more wanting clean, less, you know, less out and about, very simple space, and let them have a say in that. That should all help you. And there are uh, strategies in the Child Whisper book, so make sure you reread. As we go into summer hiatus, um, it's a good chance now to, we'll have two more live shows at the time of this live broadcast, and then we're going to go into a little bit of a summer break. You're going to have a lot of um, opportunity to listen to previous recorded shows and get more insights on behalf of your children. You know, this isn't, this isn't a, we don't have a lot of neural pathways. You're creating new points of reference in your own response mechanism, how your brain uh, comes up with solutions. These are all kind of new territory. And as you continue to support yourself with information, reminders, you're empowered to make new choices that honor your children, that create successful outcomes and very happy cooperative children, which is really what I believe all children have the potential for. And so if there's my last shout out, my last call for any live callers today. So otherwise I've, I've pretty much hit all my um, email questions on this topic. I appreciate that. Uh, we have a new program that we're running that uh, we call our shout out program. And this week, our shout out is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet. Dr. Bonet has a PhD in clinical psychology and she's a practicing psychotherapist. And she's the owner of Yoga Fairy, where she teaches prenatal yoga. And just a shout out for her work. Um, she can be found at yogafairy.com. Check out Dr. Bonet's work at yogafairy.com. And we appreciate her giving a shout out to her audience about the Child Whisperer. And if you're interested in becoming a participant in our shout, shout out program, where we share your work with our audience and you share the Child Whisperer with yours, if you're eligible, just write parenting at liveyourtruth.com.
And then I hope you caught the most recent blog post on the Child Whisper blog, Why Dressing Your Truth Makes You an Even Better Mom. And then on the Carol blog, we featured, Is Your Confidence a Double-Edged Sword? Five, five Tips for Staying Sharp. So check out those two blog posts, both on the Child Whisper blog and the Carol blog. Fab wonderful content to support you in living your truth and raising your family in that same energy. And I don't know if you knew it, but you can subscribe to the Child Whisper podcast on iTunes. If you click on the link in the copy of this show, you can go to iTunes and subscribe to have my weekly podcast sent to you so you won't miss a show. And then you'll have the link to go back and listen to recorded shows. Because as a busy mom, I know if you're listening on your smartphone or your tablet or your laptop while you're doing other things, that's one of the best ways to consume this, this content is while you're being a mom and just playing it and even letting your children listen to it. You know, they want to learn along with you. They want to understand who they are. They want to live their truth. That's why they're fighting you when you're not letting them. They're only stressed and arguing with you when they don't feel supported in what's innately true for them. And so as they hear this information, they're going to be empowered as well. So share these podcasts and the Child Whisper book. If you've not yet read the Child Whisper to your children, I'd say at the age of five and older, they are old enough to start learning this and to start understanding who they are and to start to reference this and understand the other members of their family. Bring them. Don't be the only child whisperer in the family. Make your family an entire child whispering family. So thanks for joining me today. Oh, I have one more caller. Got a few minutes here. Hi, 706 area code. You are live on the show. Hi, this is Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, I am new to your stuff. I just kind of came across your podcast today, and um, this is really interesting because I have a son who is just turning eight, and it's been kind of this constant battle of he likes everything everywhere, and my husband is an artist, and it drives him crazy, and I'm kind of in the middle where I like piles, and so these different types are fascinating. <laughs> And so I'm you, wondering haven't, you, you haven't read the book yet? I haven't read the book, but I, I will now because this is I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is explained <laughs> so much. So I'm trying to understand these different types and um, wondering, it sounds like maybe first I should read the book, but wondering if you have any, you know, suggestions because I do want to, you know, coming into summer and I was kind of trying to come up with some strategies for how we can all live, <laughs> coexist peacefully. This right. Summer. Yeah, I, I, I do think the first step is read the book so that you have right. some point of reference because understanding the model of the four types is key to then the implementation to different life scenarios. Cause you're going to understand that each of the four types operates innately by a different movement. It's a movement based profiling system that influences our personality, our behavior tendencies, mm -hmm. our thought and feeling processes. And you're going to see that most likely you, your husband and your child are all different types. And you're going to play out preferences and think, form expectations for each other that are true to your type, not who each other is. And the more information you have, the more you strike a balance between the, the variables so that you can come into balance and get... Um, because what's happening by trying to force something that's not true to one person's nature is they'll be 
you'll repress who they are. They might be able to adapt, you know, conform themselves to that expectation, but ultimately they'll either lose themselves or rebel against it. Those are the two extremes that we see in children. They'll either, you know, you wound them to the point they don't know themselves and trust their true self and what is innately their greatest gift, or they'll eventually rebel to find themselves and both can be avoided, <laughs> which, you know. That is good news. <laughs> Because, yeah. yeah, I see him, like, I, I see the rebellion, like, he's very much, you know, if we say, you know, we're going, I mean, even if it's like, well, we're going to the grocery store now, he's like, no, I will not do it. And I'm yeah. like, whoa, there's a whole bunch of energy behind that. And, and I'm yeah, most, like, what is most parents will treat that as defiance. And then that defiance needs to be disciplined. And, and my approach is that child is sending you a message and showing you stress. And you got to back up a few steps to see what brought them there. And as you change what your parenting approach is, they'll change their response to you. And it eliminates a lot of disciplinary action that's actually just compounding compounding it anyway, because now you're in a battle of wills and right. the energies yeah. in, con you know, you've got a, you've got conflict versus cooperation. So just go to the childwhisper.com. The website um, is full of, and it'll click you over. We sell the book on Amazon, but um, it's, it's, it's a great book. I think you'll really enjoy it. So for whatever reason, your answer came by you clicking around the internet today, because you're, you know, that's what I love that you're a committed parent. You know, people that follow me are really invested in good parenting and I'm really helping them achieve a really high level of success in their parenting rather than settling for sort of the mediocre experience of family life. You can have a phenomenal family experience that we're all designed to be happy as human beings and we're designed to be successful. It's just, we misunderstand and we end up um, shutting each other down because we don't have information. So, yeah, I love that because we've been saying, you know, there's got to be, there's got to be a better way. And we've been kind of searching and we don't well, to resonate I, I, with the, with the I, old I ways. Is, I hope this is the better way. You can say I found the better way. I hope this is one piece of that. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thanks to everyone who listened to today's podcast. Um, I'll be back again next week for another live show. And until then, make it an amazing week with your wonderful family. You're a phenomenal parent and I applaud you for wanting to learn and grow and do the best in behalf of yourself and your family. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.